Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, we'll be listening to PSY 352, Social Psychology with Professor Nathan Smith. I hope you listen and enjoy. So what do creation, fall, and redemption suggest to us about social behavior? Again, we're going to ask you to know the CFR model, know the CFR theory, and be able to implement it as you go through this course. You'll notice that the underlying assumptions here in the CFR model are very different from the underlying assumptions that we saw previously in the naturalist model. And this would be something that's good for you to look over. So the CFR model assumes that God exists. It does not try to prove that God exists. It's an underlying assumption. We consider how one might interpret social behavior given given that premise. So we're assuming an approach that considers God with nature, not the naturalist approach of nature alone. You will remember that when we were looking at the naturalist approach, the naturalist was about material things, the physical, and that's it. So the naturalist looks at the material and says, this is nature alone, just the material. The CFR approach looks at the same thing, the material, and says, this material has God with it. So God with nature, not nature alone. So what do the CFR approach suggest to us about social behavior? So we'll look briefly at a few points related to the CFR approach. Humans are created in God's image and thus have the potential for genuine other-centeredness, are limited beings, have a purpose or a design, and are able to love God and love others. We go back to Christ in the Sermon on the Mount there. So this purpose is marred by fallenness. We have this creation followed by a fall. Yet we're still redeemable in this life and beyond. So there's where you get your CFR approach. You have your creation. We were created for these things. A fall, a separation from these things, and then the potential for redemption. Certainly beyond this life, and also to some extent in this life as well. So social behavior is one primary way in which God can work redemptively in the world, and when I think of that, I think of people serving the poor, Mother Teresa in India, other people in Africa, in America, in South America. The service of the poor being God brought to earth, or redemptiveness working, both in the individual being served and in the, in the and in the individual serving. So if we want to look at the CFR approach and relate it to our three levels, we can think about the macro level, and maybe we take the same example, aggression. So macro level aggression, groups that are fighting with each other, warring with each other. And maybe somebody from the CFR approach says, well, I'm more interested in redemption. I'm more interested in forgiveness. And maybe then, instead of thinking about the benefits that one gains from conquering one's enemies, you think of 
the benefits of redemption, the benefits of forgiveness. I think of Bishop Desmond Tutu in South Africa after the end of apartheid and the systematic racism of that country and someone like the Bishop Desmond Tutu going down there or sorry being down there and saying well how can we bring forgiveness to this place? How can we bring redemption to these peoples who have had this macro level aggressive relationship for decades? So there's the macro. On the micro, we look at the same person eating at McDonald's and you think, maybe you think of, what is this person experiencing? Is there loneliness? Is there isolation? How are they feeling? Could they feel more loved, more included? And I don't want to pick on McDonald's. I used to eat at McDonald's alone a lot, particularly in college. But just as an example of thinking about the same problem, from a naturalist view and from a CFR view, there's your example. But I have nothing but love for McDonald's. And the final example, we talked about the strong feelings of love for a spouse. In my life, it's my particular spouse, my wife. And when you look at these strong feelings of love between spouses, you think, well, these were designed by God for humans to love each other as Christ loved the church, um, to be this foundation for the family, the love between spouses, etc. So you can look at the same three uh, situations, the same three ideas, and you can come to very different hypotheses that would be tested in very different ways, that would produce very different conclusions just based on the theory. Turning now to creation and human social interaction. So we begin with Imago Dei, for you Latin scholars. Uh, I'm not sure if I got that pronunciation right, let's hope so. Imago Dei. Yeah, I think that's it. So, uh, in the image of God, or created in God's image, our intrinsically relational nature serves the purposes of God and includes other-centered potential. So another aspect is creation and community. So we're created to be in loving community with others. We have the potential for other-centered concern. We are limited beings, and thus our potential for loving community is hindered. And there are many scriptural examples of this intrinsically relational nature. I think of the creation story, there is a human created Adam. Adam is alone, and it's said by the Creator, this person, Adam, should not be alone. He needs a partner. I'm paraphrasing, but you understand. Uh, another idea is the Trinity in itself. So God in God's self is relational. The Father, Christ, the Spirit, together the same thing and separate things in relationship to each other. God, at God's nature, is relational. And then we've had many examples throughout the Bible. You can follow Christ's story, his relationship to his mother, his relationship to his disciples, his relationship to Mary Magdalene, his relationship to the many 
sad or hurting or sick individuals throughout the entire text. The whole story of Christ is a story of relationship. So looking at the fall and human social interaction. The negative social behavior seen in many social psychology studies can be seen as evidence of our fallenness. So we know in the history of social psychology, the reason why these studies were done was not particularly to study fallenness. But considering when the history of the study of social psychology began, uh, we as Christians can take that and say, well, they were studying fallenness. Instead of just saying, well, they were studying bad things because it was after World War II, which is true, you can say in addition to that, they were able to study fallenness, which is an important characteristic in humanity and a good thing to study. And then not be put off by that study, but say, no, it's important, and it's reflected in the CFR model that we're talking about. And finally, the CFR view holds the tension between the reality of God's image still in us and our fallen proclivity towards self-seeking action. In some ways, the CFR model is very, very helpful, and I think that this is one of them. Because it's okay to study the fallen proclivity of humans. It's okay to study aggression and racism and oppression. It's okay to study people taking advantage of others. Because what we're getting at is this fallen nature in humanity. And equally okay is the study of positive psychology, of looking at the redemptiveness of people helping each other, of people going out of their way to do something good for one another, even when there's no immediate benefit. And so the CFR model gives us the opportunity to look at both of these sides of the same coin of this human life, of human experience, and uh, put it into the same model in a cohesive way. So finally, what of redemption and human social interaction? So why we study social psychology is to understand social behavior better and thus participate in God's redemptive plan. And again, when we're talking about God's redemptive plan, we're talking in this course we're using social psychology for this purpose. But there are many other aspects to God's redemptive plan, of course, and uh, you'll have many other courses and many other opportunities to examine it, but in this course we talk about social psychology in this way. And there's a hope based on God's reality, tempered with realism, that is the recognition of our fallen tendencies, the fall and the redemption, being in a tug of war, as we discussed earlier, and then a, a quote from McIntyre, there's human nature as it happens to be, and human nature when it realizes its purpose. And if you're interested in reading more on that, we'll have at the end of the chapter um, the full um, bit of information on that McIntyre piece, so that you can look it up if you are interested in.
So, one further example, one last example, I guess, in this chapter. Why we study social psychology to understand the social behavior better and participate in God's redemptive plan. It's kind of like, why do we do our jobs? You know, why uh, I work in gambling addiction research. Why do we do that? Well, we do it ultimately because there are people who are hurting and that people who need redemption and the easing of pain. And so we use this science, we use the scientific method, we use social psychology for the easing of pain and ultimately for God's redemption. And oftentimes we do it just doing science for science sake or just doing science because that's what we have to do on a day-to-day -day basis. But there is this broader truth that by doing the job well, we're participating in God's redemptive plan.